back to another episode of Am I Doing This Right? I'm Corinne Fox. And I'm Natalie McMillan. And we are best friends, confidants, millennials, and the hosts of Am I Doing This Right? A life how-to podcast from the perspective of non-experts. And each week we cover a new topic and... A new bottle of wine. A new bottle of wine. We love wine. Well, this week, I'm very excited because we are talking about how being underestimated can actually be your greatest advantage. Mm -hmm. We're talking to venture capitalist Arlen Hamilton, who has amassed success and wealth, not in spite of being underestimated, but because she was underestimated. Yes. We're going to be talking about how determination and resilience are necessary traits to overcoming adversity. And we're going to talk about the first steps a young entrepreneur should take on their business and financial journey. Ooh, I'm so excited. But Natalie, yes. first... Let's get into the wine. Let's get into the wine. What we are have, we drinking? This is a really crazy bottle. Yeah, what is it that? It looks very like um, sci-fi. It's called Immortal. Oh, wow. It is a Slope 2014 Cabernet from Sonoma County. For for anyone who, who can't see the bottle, what is it? Can you describe it, Natalie? Okay, so I'm thinking <laughs> it's some sort of jellyfish. Oh, really? I saw an eyeball. Yeah, it's kind of a choose-your-own-adventure situation. It's a very interesting. Very interesting. Label. Very sci-fi looking. But you know you guys like the ASMR, so here we go. Here we go. Pouring it out. Ooh, Ooh yes. What a color, too. What a color that Wait, is. Well, this is a what again? This is a cab. Oh, a cab. A Sonoma cab. Mm. So Napa Valley is known for their cabs. I didn't know that. Yeah, famous for cabs. And this is a Sonoma cab, so we're going to see... Take a little sip. I'm going to take a sippy. Mm. Okay. We will discuss at the end of the episode. We are going to discuss that. But you know what's really interesting is what? as we were getting ready for this episode, Natalie taught me something. Oh, yes. I she did. She was opening the bottle and she was like, oh, you know, had the wine opener. I was like, will you, will you open this part? And you know, there's like that little mini knife part on the top. And I was like, for what, Natalie? <laughs> Her what the little cheese knife? And she was, <laughs> she was like, like, "What's the?" She's like, "Isn't that just like a little utility knife?" I'm like, "No." So you know, at the top of a wine bottle, the cork is covered by this like, like paper. It's like foil or whatever it is. You use that knife to cut open the foil. I had no idea. She I've was been, using the end of the corkscrew. I've been like digging at it, chipping <laughs> at it, putting my teeth on it. <laughs> Then Very savage with taking this knife. little piece of paper off. But apparently there is a utensil on the wine opener to yes, do that for you. That's why, yeah. It's not to, um, you know, whatever you were going to use that I don't even know. I, I don't know. I thought I maybe could put it in my back pocket. I yeah. could use it as self-defense. Yes. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> oh, my gosh. So um, the other day, just like randomly, I was watching this documentary called Class Action Park. Have you heard of it? I haven't. Okay. So base, I watched it twice because I loved it so much. Oh my God. So Class Action Park is about a theme park in New Jersey. That's It's gone now. And I will tell you why. Because basically it was a free for all where there were no rules. And like you could just like jump off the top of cliffs and like, what? oh, it was all kinds of stuff. It was like a water park. <laughs> It was wild. And these kids, like kids ran it. Like children. What are you talking? When, when was this? In the 80s. Yeah, I was going to say, it's like the 80s. It <laughs> the sounds 80s like the 80s. in New Jersey. There was a water slide that went completely upside down. 
And they kept finding teeth in it <gasps> because people would like knock their teeth out, like all kinds of crazy stuff. But it was so delightful. To so watch. they found teeth and it was so delightful. <laughs> so it was so delightful to watch, like just to think back. I mean, sometimes I think back to even like the 90s. I yeah. mean, we were in the 90s, we grew up in the 90s and how I look back on things that we did. That wouldn't have, that wouldn't have. no yeah. way you could do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So many things you also cannot say anymore. It just like things was a different time. I know. But even like when I think about when I was a young, like a young, young kid, no cell phone, nothing. I would just get on my bike and leave. Yeah. Like my sisters are 12 and 13. Now, if they were to just leave Disappear? the house and I couldn't get in contact with them and just prayed they'd came home. Like there's no, no way. There's no way. They are tracked constantly. Yes. At all times. Yes. <laughs> and so to think that these kids in New Jersey were just like running a water park. <laughs> yes. And I guess there a lot of them were being interviewed and they were like, you know, our parents would say, we would say, we're going to Action Park. And their parents would be like, please just <laughs> be safe because they knew it was a complete free for all. That's insane. I have not heard of that. Okay, you class action it. park. Yes. Yeah, so gonna... it's like class action because it was, there yeah. was so many lawsuits. And the guy that ran it was insane. Like truly insane. <laughs> I mean, you have to be to let children yes. run the park. <laughs> oh, yeah. Fully ran. The, oh, it's so much fun to watch. So I highly recommend it's on HBO Max, okay. which um, if you have it, it's on there. We need to refocus. Let's get into it. Because we need to introduce Arlen Hamilton. Yes. Arlen Hamilton is a venture capitalist who started her fund from the ground up while homeless. Yeah. She is the founder and managing partner of Backstage Capital, a fund that is dedicated to minimizing funding disparities in tech by investing in high potential founders who are people of color, women, and or LGBT. And a, that's exclusively. And exclusively. Yes. Which, and I think she's one of the very few funds that is doing this. She might be the, actually, I don't want to say this definitively, but I'm pretty sure she is the only one. Is the only. Yeah. And also, in May 2020, she published the book entitled It's About Damn Time, written with Rachel L. Nelson. And the book is part memoir and part how-to for people who are generally underestimated in society. Yes. She talks a lot about her book and about um, a lot of her resources that she has in the book. So you'll hear a lot about that in just a few minutes. So let's bring her on. So let's say hello to Arlen. Hi. Hey, Arlen. Hey, how's it going? Good. Good. Arlen, we are so excited to have you on the show. And we're such huge fans of, of your work and everything that you're doing. Just to clarify, you are a venture capitalist. That's correct. I'm a venture capitalist. Okay. And so on the show, we like to really start with the basics, just like bare minimum, like people who have no idea what a venture capitalist is, what you do, can you describe your job or define what that is? Sure. So like if you're coming from it from not knowing about it at all, like I did like 10 years ago, a venture capitalist essentially is a part of the private equity asset class. Uh, that's important to know. Uh, so there's a lot of money flowing there, but this is a small part of that small part of, you know, relatively small, it's still billions of dollars, but it's a relatively small part of the private equity asset class that invests in things like uh, Twitter and Facebook and 
uh, the different things that we kind of use on a daily basis, apps. Um, and it does this and other things. It also invests in healthcare and, and, and bio firms and all sorts of things. But at the earliest stages is where it sets it apart. So private equity is way down the line, usually as an alternative to going public, like okay. a billion dollar company. And, and venture capital is supposed to be, it was built to be the, the capital that fuels innovation. So you can also think of it like in the same context as the uh, like angel investing. So angel investing would be before. Yeah, what is angel investing? Angel investing is if you, now it depends on like your circumstance, if you can angel invest into startup companies, because some people can't like legally because it's a private company. But let's say you have, you work at a place and you make a certain amount and you have some extra savings or you have, like you, you make enough where you have extra money at the end of the month, there's a threshold you have to reach to be able to do this legally um, with the SEC looking at it. And that's $200,000 a year or $300,000 when you include a spouse, or you can have a million dollars in assets total, not including a main home. So that then you can be an accredited investor, which really there's no test for it. It's just what you are if you reach those certain milestones. So a lot of people can't do that, but some people can And in fact, there are probably, not probably, there are about 10% of the households in America are having accredited uh, investor in the house. So millions and millions and millions of people who a a lot of them don't know they they can do this. So that's when you have extra money. And I say extra because investing is so risky when it comes to investing in startups. Mm -hmm. It's not something like the public markets where you're like buying stock and it kind of goes up and down and you can put a little bit in and have somebody helping you. Mm-hmm. It's very much so like a more risky proposition. But you can put in, if you have that, if you're accredited, you can put in, you know, $5,000, $10,000, $25,000 and people do this into a direct company. So imagine like whatever year it was back in the day when Twitter was first starting. Right. You know, back then, I know some of the people from that era People were putting in $25,000 at the time. And that $25,000 today, you can imagine how much that's worth. I'm oh my there. gosh, if only, if only. There were angel investors in that who were the earliest investors. And then there were venture capitalists who were bigger funds that invested after the angels did and alongside the Ah. Yeah. And what's really cool is that now because of the 2012 Jobs Act that Obama put in place or helped, you know, help put in place with a lot of other people. Now people who are not accredited, who don't have that threshold can also invest in certain companies. So if you go to backstagecrowd.com, which is our syndicate, Mm -hmm. and you fill out a little form and say you're not accredited because you don't make 200,000 a year, It'll send you an email that lets you invest in some of the deals that we're investing in that have that we've already done the regulation for it. To let oh, wow. And it's like a hundred dollar minimum or two fifty minimum. Yeah. Wow. So much more accessible. Out equity funding. Yes. Yeah. So that's fun. That's a lot of fun. That's yeah. how my mom made her first my mom is 71 and made her first angel investment this year into one of our companies on the non-accredited side. That's awesome. Good for her. That's amazing. So you mentioned just briefly about Backstage Capital, which is your company. And can you talk a little bit about um, your mission behind it? Yeah, well, I didn't know anything about venture capital, about angel investing. I know a little bit about angel investing because I kind of just saw people like in entertainment business making investments, but I didn't really know a lot about why. 
But about 2011-ish, I started really paying attention to people like Troy Carter, who used to manage Gaga, a black man, um, people like Ellen, people like uh, Ashton Kutcher. They're making Mm -hmm. these investments in Silicon Valley and startups. And I'm like, why are they doing that? Why would they go away from something that seems interesting over here? Mm -hmm. And so it turns out they were doing that because they were able to do those 25K, 50K checks and turn some of those into much bigger uh, uh, you know, propositions or positioning. But the point of it was they were backing these companies early. And so I got into it like, okay, I want to help back companies early. I want to maybe raise money for a company for me. And that's when I found out 90% of all of that funding, angel and venture, goes to white men. Mm. Wow. Now, that doesn't make any sense, right? Because they make up about a third of the country. Mm-hmm. So it's not like if you're a white man, you can walk into any place and get a check. That's silly. But of the money that was being deployed, 90% plus was going to white men. And so I started looking at that like, you know, as a gay black woman in the South, you know, no connections in Silicon Valley. How, how, how am I supposed to have a chance? And how is somebody else supposed to have a chance? That, yeah. reminds me. Mm-hmm. that was my mission was I know how much we can get done with so little what if we had a little bit more? Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, if you're the person making those investments, what if you do find the next Twitter, but it's run by a black woman? And mm, yeah. Early and support and answer the phone and gave them that confidence early, that's the payoff. Yeah. So that was the bet I was making. Uh, I had no money myself. I just kind of did like a, a four year homeschool basically. And I just learned everything I could through books and podcasts and everything I could get my hands on. Wow. And, now, and the whole time I was working with founders and just like, what do you need? Like, what, how can I be helpful? And then finally, 2015, I started getting investors. Yeah, I, I was going to ask, how did you get the money to invest in other, in <laughs> yeah, other companies? How you, how would you start? <laughs> well, so I, I wrote this book called It's About Damn Time. It came out May 2020. And it like half of the book is about the how. Right. And it really was, it's not, you know, a lot of people don't like the answer because it's like, oh, it didn't happen overnight. You know, it wasn't easy. I can't go out and do it. It was years and years and years of trying Mm -hmm. and staying true to myself, true to the thesis and the core mission. And it was, you know, I had so much rejection along the way, so much rejection. And there was a lot of uh, housing insecurity and food insecurity that I had along the way. Even before I decided to do this, it wasn't like it caused it. It was just, that was what was going on. Mm-hmm. But I knew, I was like, there's no way that this fund can exist. It has to exist. It has right. to make sense, right? It makes sense, so it has to exist. So I just asked like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of investors all across the country and some in Europe. I just asked, I introduced myself. I would go and listen to an interview. And if I liked the person who had the interview, I would just like look at my computer, which I did have, which I was lucky to have. I would look at my laptop and say, how do I get from point A to B? How do I get from seeing them on video to getting their ear? And I would just find all these different routes, you know, hack my way in a way. I can't change the uh, time on my microwave. So I have to go whatsoever but I can hack my way network right yeah and it was that sort of perseverance and not giving up on that but it was also being consistent because every Mm -hmm. time I would meet somebody or talk to somebody and mostly was on the phone or through email because I didn't I couldn't even afford a plane ticket to San Francisco to go out there from Texas where I was Mm -hmm. um 
most like I would see somebody, I'll talk to them, tell them what I was thinking. And they would say, oh, that sounds interesting. But like, I don't even know, like, you don't even know, you, you didn't go to college. You don't have any um, connections in Silicon Valley. How am I supposed to believe that you can do this? Right. Or some people would say, are there enough black people starting companies to invest mm. in? Like, yeah. yeah. Um, black women, by the way, are like the most uh, prolific uh uh, business starters in the country right now. So yeah, I believe it. Women. So mm-hmm. let's, let's be real. So, uh, but they would meet me like two years later, like 2011 to 2015. They would meet me 2012 and say that little thing. And then they'd see me 2014, 2015. They'd be like, wait a second, you're still here. You're still saying the same thing and saying it better. Like you've got, you know, you have more information, you have more data, you have more drive, like everything was like a consistent or evolving. And that was the core to it is like, I really, you know, I had so many dreams growing up and some of those dreams I was able to attain. And we could talk about that a little bit with the music stuff that I did. Yeah. This was to me like a calling. This was pulling in the right direction. Yeah. Unstoppable. Yeah. You, you mentioned, um, you know, growing up in, in Dallas, Texas, where actually I have a lot of family. So, um, yeah, we're, we're from Texas, but you know, as a young black girl in the South, I mean, did you ever imagine finding yourself in this space? I know you did kind of go into the music industry first and then transitioned into Mm -hmm. what you're doing now. So did you ever see this for yourself or did you see anybody like yourself in this space? No, I did. Well, so as a child, never. I mean, I didn't know. I didn't even know what a venture capitalist was until I was about thirty, and I'm turning forty. You know, I turned forty this year. So, um, no, not as not as a young person, not even my twenties, did I think this would be the case. I thought that I would, since the time I saw Janet Jackson in concert at thirteen, I thought I would be a tour manager for huge musicians. That was like the big the dream. dream. And, I, and that's I, the I was, path you took for a little bit, right? Yeah, very windy path, very non-linear path. <laughs> but I, I got to really close to that. And but at the same time, I was a five, I was a five-year-old who would just beg anybody in my family who would listen, please play Monopoly with me, please, please, I want to play Monopoly. Wow. <laughs> I would play Monopoly like it was my my job and my school. <laughs> and <laughs> black people playing Monopoly, it gets pretty uh, pretty wild. It's <laughs> it serious. gets very serious. <laughs> You know, back in the day, I don't even know if y'all do Yossi these days, but yes, back in the day, Yossi. Monopoly, I was just so, and then I started like in my teenage years, I started looking at people like uh, Richard Branson mm-hmm. and even people like Prince and Celine Dion, believe it or not, like people who I would dissect their careers to see what kind of ownership they had in their own music and in their own careers, right? And mm-hmm. I would just say, I mean, I, I felt like an entrepreneur since a child. Yeah, I never thought in a million years I would be like something that was akin to being like on Wall Street or something like that. That wasn't right. It didn't make it. That didn't come into mind. Now it's like it's a whole new it's a whole new ball game, though. Things have gotten really interesting in the last five years. Yeah. With your whole story. And um, did you when you were young, did you always have a feeling that like you were going to be this massive success? And did that fuel you or did you always kind of see this for yourself let me tell you what I saw when I was young 
that wasn't again it wasn't like I was a venture capitalist right <laughs> right what I did see since I was like three or four or five mm-hmm. whatever age I was where I could see the the little daycare bus pull up and I had yeah. this memory of saying this to myself I remember looking at the daycare bus and being like five maybe six mm-hmm. and I said for some reason I said the whole, like the whole world is going to know me. I'm going to talk to the whole world. Wow. wow. At Isn't such a young age. Yeah. It was just, and it wasn't like, I'm going to be famous. I didn't even know what that meant. Right. It was, I'm going to talk to the, like, I'm going to be able to talk to everybody. I'm going to be, you were going to have an impact. Yeah. I was going to reach everybody. That's what I, that's what I thought. And then as I got older, I thought like I wore in my book, I talk about, I wore six watches in the third grade. <laughs> I wore six watches is because my mom got uh somebody came to our door and gave us like like sold encyclope- encyclopedias to us mm. uh, I don't even know people do people have encyclopedias these days like internet well, I haven't know? seen yeah. them since I was very yeah. young how old are y'all 26 20, okay so I was gonna say both of y'all together is my age but almost, almost. <laughs> so yeah so we got encyclopedias and I went through all of them because at a young age, you know, I was just like reading, I was reading very early and I was just going through all of that. I would pick up something, flip to something. And I learned about time zones in the T section. Mm. I was like, time zone, wait a second. So you're saying that somebody in another part of the country, it's nighttime now? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I, couldn't, I couldn't believe it. It's a pretty wild concept. Yeah. Wild. So, <laughs> or a different I, day. <laughs> yeah. It, so I was always um, very, uh, like an empath. Uh-huh. So like uh, on the starting at kindergarten, I would go to the playground and just look, it was so creepy, but I would like look at kids and I would say, I wonder how they're feeling emotionally. Like, I wonder if they're okay, you know, like yeah. home, you know, and I would do that. So in the third grade, when I understood time zones, when I would go to school, I was just so, I was so like, oh man, I got to know what time it is in Africa. I got to know what time it is in Australia. I got to know what time it is in these places. And I was so antsy. So then I said, well, Every time we go to the grocery store, I look in the gumball machine. And there's these little watches for like 50 cents. So I got all these watches. I put them on and I set them to the time. I had my mom help me set them to the time of a place that I wanted to know what time it was at any given time. And if the watch had like a palm tree on it, I would say, okay, that's Hawaii. I'm going to set it to wow. that. Time. Wow. So that I wouldn't be so, I would understand it any time in the day I could look. <laughs> and I know, I mean, obviously... Um, in school, people can be pretty cruel, you know, so yes. that made me stand out in not a good way, but I didn't care. Like, I was just like, you don't understand. You just don't understand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you are awake right now here, <laughs> but somewhere else, like, they're asleep. I understand how this can look weird to you, but it was like, I was like Marty, I was like Doc. Back to the future. I, I knew yeah. they didn't know. And so I could understand how the, the simpleton in them could find this funny. But to me, it was, <laughs> it was it serious was, business. Serious business. I was so excited that I had figured this out and then I could know at any time. And it was just for, for me. So I think what that was really was like my yearning to be connected to people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We didn't know them. And that has yes. been the, the through line through everything I've done ever since. Yeah. yeah. It just seems like you have this, and you've always had this like confidence in your purpose, in yourself, but- And a strong intuition. Yeah, really. And, but investing is really scary, right? It's all about risk. 
Has there been times in which you've doubted yourself or, you know, you know, felt fear along this journey that you've been on? Yeah. So investing itself, I I have a, just in general and with backstage capital, I have a very high risk tolerance. Mm -hmm. And I think that's also what's made us successful as a fund because as risky as venture is, a lot of fund managers are so traditional and so like scared to, to admit to lose anything. Mm-hmm. But they go very like real easy middle of the road stuff, which is a whole point is that you're supposed to find outliers. Like who right. would have thought Airbnb would have made sense back in the day? Somebody going to run in people's houses. houses. Right. Yeah. But you have to have like that kind of like, you have to, have that vision a little bit further down the line and have a a risk tolerance that some people don't have. So I have that like as a strategy almost, but it's like really innate to what I am. I would say anything that was scary was more like, um, like what I, I, and I don't recommend this and I, I'm very serious about this because anytime I mention it, people try to like get my attention by doing it. Don't do this. But I, I'm I know I know I'm being very very serious right now. So I slept on the floor of the San Francisco airport for a long time in 2015 because I didn't have anywhere to live, and I didn't have I didn't know how I was going to eat every day. And some people look at that and they're like, "Oh, she did what she had to do to make the fund work." So I'm going to do that. So people have done this. They have come to Los Angeles, stayed at the airport on purpose, put themselves in danger to get my attention. But what I was saying is like, whenever any fear came, it wasn't so much in like the circumstance. It was in like, I wonder how long I'll have to do this. Like, I wonder how long it'll take for me to succeed or to have some stability. That's the only fear that came in. The rest of it has been, you only live once in my opinion, Mm -hmm. um, or at least in this body, in these circumstances, you only live once. And so why not go for everything that you've ever imagined because even like this year has proven how much things can change yes in a quick amount of time too yeah and so I've I was like I've always been like I'm gonna be called weird whether I do something or not I'm gonna be um you know called out like I'm called out all the time like oh you're trying to make this about you 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 stepped into this conversation and then the same people like two the other people would say why didn't you speak up about it <laughs> you know right. so, yeah exactly you, you can't win something, so might as well just do it like Frank Sinatra says do it your way right do it my way yeah. right and, and that's that's how I've looked at it I love yeah. that and it so we are we're at a fundamental foundation, a how-to podcast. So for listeners who are listening to this and they have a business idea, a project that they want to pursue from, we are going to deem you an expert. From an expert, what are the first steps that they should take? Yeah, if it's an idea stage, right? One thing I would say is really understand that you don't necessarily need to go looking for capital right now because I think that's that's been made to be re- really romanticized. Like you have an idea, you go get capital, and then you start. You, right. First thing you need to do is to see first. Very first thing is to see Google that or however you search and see does it already exist. If it doesn't already exist today, did it exist? Did anybody attempt it? And if it didn't work, why didn't it work? It doesn't mean you don't do it. And even if there is something else like it, it doesn't mean you don't do it. It means you start that first step of gathering information because the first section of my book, I get right into it. I say, 
uh, when Beyonce is talking about get information, she's also saying get information. Okay. Mm -hmm. You see, so it's about when you don't have any money, which I didn't have for, uh, until I was 35, you don't have any money. You have to become the asset. Your the information wow. that you have is the way you do that. So you can't, you, everybody has an idea. I had an idea years ago in my twenties for Uber, for drunk driving, you know, it's like how to have to call a car. I had an idea for DoorDash and I even started a DoorDash, like a tiny DoorDash in Dallas. Oh, wow. Years before DoorDash. Right. But execution is what it's about. Right. Okay? So everybody can have an idea. So don't just like, okay, I have an idea. So I'm a genius. No, you have an idea. So you're an entrepreneur and that's mm -hmm. awesome. Mm -hmm. Now is where the work starts. So the first thing is gathering information, researching. Absolutely. Part of that is talking to who your target demographic would be, your target audience, your target customer. Figure out who your target customer is and then start talking to them. And the first round is to like talk to them, ask them questions, see what they need, see if what you're providing is something they would need. And then after that, before again, before you even try to get investors, you need to see if customers would pay for this. Yeah, right. Don't yeah. jump the gun. <laughs> yeah, I talked to a, a wonderful entrepreneur yesterday, a black woman. Uh, in her in her 40s, I believe. And she had a great, uh, a lot of great content. And she was looking for investment from me. And she's like, yeah, I just need investment for, um, and I said, why do you, why do you need invest? What would you do with the money? And she said, I just need like advertising. Cause you got to get more advertising because I don't have enough sales on my e-commerce site. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, what happens when you don't advertise? Like when you post something, do you get sales when you post something? She's like, no. And I said, look, what tells me that putting $10,000 behind more ads is going to make people purchase yeah. if they don't purchase for the, the, the subset, the case study that you already have. Right. Mm -hmm. so you got to step back from that because it's not like a magic potion. Money is right. not. Magic. So you step back from that and, and, and really dial into your customer if they would pay for it and then start doing some testing, some AB testing. Um, and I go into more detail. I do have an online course. Um, uh, uh, if you go to itsaboutdamntime.com and click on my course, it, it takes you into details. Also at backstagecapital.com, which is my, my uh, website for the fund, we have um, all sorts of like information, podcasting, all sorts of things about where you start. But that's where I would start. And that's where I do start when I start a new company. Yeah. We'll link all that we'll in the show all notes. All that in the show notes. So you guys yeah. can uh, find all these great Check resources that you have for entrepreneurs yeah, like yeah. us and yes like us. <laughs> I'm like, maybe i need to set up for the course <laughs> grab the book too you know right. yes book yeah. to me is like a really accessible way you read the book or listen to the book on audio and if it if it does stirs anything in you then the course is a perfect kind of next step from that mm. you know yeah. because you get really in and people have come out of that course in the book like completely like you changed my life like I know exactly what I'm going to do now or I already started yeah. or whatever. So it's, it's real. And, and this is what I wake up to do. It really, yeah. really is. Well, and you've made it so accessible for so many more people because even, you know, just for us with, yeah. with venture capitalists and, you know, even these terms, nobody's explained them to us. And yeah. it does seem like something that's for other people. It's not for women. It's not for, you know, LGBTQ plus community. Like yeah. it seems like it's a white man's thing. 
and that we haven't really been taught it. So this is such a great resource for, for everybody Thank to you. learn. Yeah. yeah. Especially with the uh, Beyonce reference. That yes. was very accessible to you me. You hooked me in with Beyonce. <laughs> I mean, yes. Like, think about it. I was listening to her. I'm like, she, Beyonce doesn't do anything on accident. You know no. I mean? mm-hmm. Very particular. And really, I mean, she was a feminist before I understood what feminism was. I kind of used to contradict her and say, oh, she's not a feminist, you know, out there doing what she, she's a feminist, right? Mm-hmm. So now she's a professor. Mm. We got to listen to that. We got to listen to people, like you say, making things accessible because these institutions were built to keep us out. Yep. Yep. Because it's guys, mostly, affluent white men, mostly, Mm -hmm. who figured out, oh, this is how you like have generational wealth and live the best life. Why would I want to share that? So of course they make it like look like it's unattainable. But I broke in, no college education, black gay woman, overweight, gap tooth, let's go. Now I love it. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> call me for it. I was on the cover of Fast Company two years ago. I couldn't afford a Fast Company three, uh, five years ago. Yeah. Wow. Okay? wow. So it's, it's, it's accessible to all of us yes. if we allow it to be. And it also goes to show, you know, I think another thing that stops people is like, oh, I don't have a, biz- a college degree. I don't have a business degree. I'm not going to be able to understand this. And you've proven you don't need that. Any doesn't of that. Matter. It doesn't matter. You need tenacity, good intuition. Yeah. What is like one trait you think that you have to have to be successful? Um, oof, I don't know if there's just one, but one, like, yeah. Yeah, it's hard to say. I would say, I would say this, I'll say this. That I the only thing I knew when I was sleeping on the floor of the airport or knocking on doors and getting the shut in my face. The only thing I knew is that if I, if I didn't continue, it would be over. It'd be a wrap. It would not succeed. Mm. So the only thing that I had control of was the fact that I was going to keep going. Yeah. So that is that, like you said, that tenacity and that grit and not necessarily working yourself to the bone, but just having that determination. You know, I think it's very important. It's also really important to, to take like, criticism that's meant for good you know Mm. because some people like they waste years because they just like i'm not gonna do what they said i'm not gonna listen to anybody else i got it all figured out nobody has it figured out are you kidding me Mm -hmm. president doesn't have it figured out that's (laughs) for sure good presidents don't have yeah right of course (laughs) even good presidents don't have yeah and but they know the the best you know, influencers, the best business minds, the best uh, po- politicians, they know to keep people around them who will be honest with them. And they take in that. And that's just really, really important. And I was going to say before, especially in this age where online learning is so free and paid, is so accessible. You can go right now to LinkedIn. You can go to U- U- Udemy, to Creative Live, to uh, itsaboutdamntime.com. You can go to all these places and have courses after courses after courses, business and anything else that's niche. Mm-hmm. Whereas before, people are looking at your resume. You know, I've in, my, in, in the last five years, I've hired about 40 people. They don't all work there now because it's like some part-time, some contract, but about 40 people. Can I tell you, I know where one of them went to school only because... It's, uh, it was Harvard Business School, and, and she's a partner that's still here. Mm. I don't care where people went to school. Chacha, who is my chief of staff, 
Um, he does have a bachelor's degree. He is more educated than I am uh, technically. And, but he, he was working at the Sprint store when we yeah. met. Wow, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like degrees don't get you as far as they did. He was working at the Sprint store and now he's working in venture capital and he's going to roll with a, a multi-million dollar fund. Yeah. I, it, it, most people don't care where you went to school, but I think that schooling is important because of the networks that you build. Yeah. Because of the confidence that it can get you. And most importantly, the information. So no matter where you get the information, it's important. So if you are in an MBA right now, if you are at school, if you are, that's, that's awesome. I'll take that. But it doesn't have to be the only route. You get the information and then you get information. <laughs> Word. And with that, I think you've got to go, right? I think we got to wrap this up. But honestly, this is, we consider ourselves like young entrepreneurs and we're, we're, we're so motivated. We each have our own businesses outside of podcasting. And this was just talking to you was so inspiring for yes. us. And I feel less scared. Me too. I feel way less scared. <laughs> Awesome. I think y'all like my audio book then. Yes. Yeah. I'm we're going to download it. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to download yeah. it and we're also going to link it in the show notes for anyone yeah. else who is also inspired by this conversation. So thank you so much for giving us your time and yeah, giving us pleasure. your knowledge. It's just been awesome. Thank okay. You so thank much. you so much, Arlen. that was such a great episode. I feel like we learned so much and we were like young entrepreneurs and we were just soaking in everything she had yes. to say. And she made it so much less scary. Oh my God, to me. so much less scary. Because I was very, before we started the conversation, I was like, I know nothing about this and I am intimidated. I was intimidated. But she made it very digestible. She had a Beyonce quote. You throw Beyonce in. I'm, so I'm hooked. I'm hooked. I am hooked. <laughs> I'm speaking your language. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so she taught us about angel investing, venture capitalism, venture. her story, and basically how to how to overcome being underestimated mm-hmm. and how to bet on yourself and bet on your vision. And and I really love that she talked about following your calling. Like she said she yeah. was pulled to do this yes. and she just knew from a young age, like I'm going to be, people are going to hear from me. Yes. Which was the awesome. power was so great. So what a great conversation. We hope you guys learned so much. If you have any questions, feel free to DM us at Am I Doing This Right Pod. Of course, our email, Am I Doing This Right Pod at Gmail. And our website, Am, am I, I Doing This Right Pod.com. Right and don't forget to like and subscribe. And please share with your friends. Yes. Because and rate and review. Did I say like and subscribe? You said like. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Do you, who do I think I am? A YouTuber? Hit that bell icon. <laughs> Hit that bell button. Hit the bell button for our content. <laughs> like and subscribe and also rate but and review. What I meant was rate and review. <laughs> do it all. Yeah. Find us on all things and do the, all of them. Do all of it. <laughs> okay, Dad. So let's circle back on this wine that we're drinking, this yes. cab. And you don't it's normally cab. like cabs, right? I don't like cabs typically. Oh, you don't like them. I do not, which is kind of blasphemous because I'm from Napa and that's what we're famous well, for. Well, do you want to introduce our hottie of the week? Our hottie of the week is a is a fellow, very powerful woman. Power. And actually, we decided that this was our hottie of the week because as we were interviewing Arlen, we saw a book behind her. Oh, yeah, in the back. In the back. And it was Michelle Obama's book. So she 
is our hottie of the week. And we've been saying we wanted to, we will, yes. we've wanted her to be the hottie of the week for a very long time. So this is we just, just had fitting. To, yeah, we had to have it, the We were getting messages. <laughs> yes. And here she is, Michelle. God, I love her. I love her so much. She's, okay, let's think about Michelle. Strong. Strong. That is a definite. Physical, mental, all of it. Mm-hmm. Strength. Strength, powerhouse. But then she also has this, this tone. She's not strong and in, I mean, I would be intimidated if I met her, but there's something that's like very relatable. She's strong yet like maternal. Yes. Like I would like. Yes. That's uh, what I'm trying to say. Yes. 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 Where it's not like a, I'm scared of you. It's like you're the strongest person I know and I love you so much. And I want you to protect me. Yeah. And please give me a hug. Right. Yes. <laughs> okay. So one to Michelle Obama. Yeah. What is this immortal? Immortal cab. Um, 2014. So it is aged a bit. A bit. I'm not going to lie. It's strong. It's, it is strong. It's very smoky. Are very you getting smoky. that? Mm-hmm, I got that. I'm getting better with my uh, words mm-hmm. now on how to, how to describe wine. Very smoky. It's hard for me. Because you don't like caps. I'll give you my rating. And then yeah, maybe you, you give can me kind your of, rating. I, would, I kind of actually like it. I don't mm. normally like love caps either, but I feel like if I had a really good like steak or like a good like hearty yes. dinner right now, this would actually be a really good match. That's a great point. This is very, if you put it in that kind of mind frame, like this needs to be a cold evening mm-hmm. with a steak. Mm-hmm. And like mashed potatoes. I was going to say mashed potatoes. That's exactly yeah. what I was going to say. Because on its own, it's like, whoa. Yeah. Right now it's, you know, noon and in the middle of the day. Yes. And it might not be fitting for Kinda me and Natalie. It you straight in the face. <laughs> but I think if, if at, in the evening time, it'd yeah. be good. Yeah. I'm going to give it an eight. Oh, wow. Wow. Oh. Okay. We're different on this. Okay. So we're going to differ. That's okay. I was going to give it, oh, well. Don't be swayed. Don't be swayed. Go with your heart. Because it's like, if I think about it, if I'm drinking... Go with your heart. Go with your heart. I was going to say a six. Okay. We'll meet it at a seven. A seven. Seven out of Michelle Obama. Yes. The immortal Cabernet. Yes. So, well, actually, I think it's good to say, if you're just drinking this like with a salad, it's going to be a five or a six. If you're drinking this with a steak and maybe a a lobster... A little filet mignon. A little filet mignon. Okay. (laughs) A little... uh, herbed butter on top Mm -hmm. you're you're going in on a delicious romantic dinner this is gonna be it this is you're gonna have a good time with it yeah this is good nice and smoky so we'll link it in the show notes if you want to buy a bottle of it Okay, so this is the part of the show where we like to play a little wrap-up game just to palate cleanse cleanse and today we're gonna be playing 200 questions disclaimer we're not gonna. We're not going to yes. answer two hundred questions. We're gonna pick one from two hundred, and they get more intimate the higher the number that you choose. Yes. We don't know what any of these questions are. No. We're just going to pick a random number and answer that question. Yes. So, Natalie, what number are you choosing? Knowing that as you get closer to two hundred, the more intimate they become. Yes, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I'm not doing this because uh, it's on the lower scale. It's just a number that popped into my head. Twenty-two. Twenty-two. Okay. Yeah. Twenty-two. Twenty-two. Is what do you wish you knew more about? Oh well, that is so interesting. Considering I class class action park. (laughs) Class action park. Um, what do I wish I knew more about? 
God, that's actually kind of hard. I don't know if this is a great answer, but I... All answers are great answers. Oh, thank you so much. That gives me confidence to say that I wish I knew more languages. Oh my God, don't we all... That is how the American school system has failed us. Other countries, everyone knows three, four, five languages. Yes, I want to know Spanish, French, and I want to know sign language. I can do sign language. I can speak sign language. Fully? I can just do the alphabet. I can just do like Natalie... Yeah. Do you want to know that there's actually different versions of sign language? There's American Sign Language. My cousin got a degree in American Sign Language. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. There's different... I just sounded like Owen Wilson, by the way. Oh, wow. 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 Anyways, Jesus. (laughs) Okay. You want to pick a number? Uh, Okay. I'm going to pick maybe closer on the lower scale too. I'm going to, I'm feeling 34. Okay. So we've got question 34 here. Okay. And it's really dumb. Oh no. (laughs) What is it? When was the last time you climbed a tree just for fun? Are you kidding me? redo no 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 you chose 34 i chose 34 i'm supposed to answer fate took you to this question when was the last time you climbed a tree just for fun i'm gonna say never (laughs) yeah i can't honestly i'm gonna say that's never for me i was a very um anxiety ridden child i would have never done something like that very irresponsible (laughs) i was a very (laughs) cautious logical child There was no tree climbing for me. (laughs) You know what you would have never done? What? Action park. I would have never done that. I would have shut that thing down. I was like a tattletale because I was so, I was so by the rules. Kids hated me, but it was really because I had this like mental block where I just thought, oh, why would you ever break a rule? We are in danger now. Yeah. You've broken the rule. We're in danger. You're endangering me. You're endangering the lives of others. Oh, those kids would have not heard the They're over here climbing trees just for fun? Absolutely not. No way. Yeah. I I was like very, my dream was to be like hall monitor. (laughs) Oh my God. We got a narc on our hands. I love, I still love rules. I love rules. Okay. Well. um Corinne Narc Fox. Well, all right. Uh, thank you for listening to this episode, and we yes. will be back next week with another. Love you guys. Love you guys. Bye. Bye. <laughs>